Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me this week, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And how you doing, Corey? I'm fine, I'm glad it's Friday. <laughs> me too, even though this isn't the normal Friday that we were recording. Yeah. We're recording this a week early, um, because Word. we are gone. Uh, Corey's in Atlanta enjoying Shaky Knees Music Festival. I'm in New York enjoying the Tribeca Film Festival, um, and breaking my uh diet probably severely because i'll be away and i love new york bagels and pizzas um please have a piece of cheesecake for me i didn't get cheesecake last time i went Corey. i think (laughs) i might have to try to find the best new york cheesecake that isn't a hundred dollars so um if you've never listened to the podcast before movie club was started because Corey and i realized we had great gaps in our viewing history and more importantly a massive collection of movies that we just hadn't seen which is so appropriate for this month's theme we are starting tonight with mint in box these are movies that one of us owns and have not watched hence the name mint in box um we're breaking open some of these boxes this week though uh starting with 1976's film network Usually, when we do this podcast, we also talk about what we've been watching and how our week's been, but because we literally just recorded another one of these, we're just basically going to jump right into our review of Network. Um, So, if you've never listened to the show, we start with a non-spoiler version of the review where we give our basic thoughts, overall kind of what the movie is, and then we will give a nice thorough warning um, about spoilers and then get into all the nitty-gritty details that we want to. Uh, This episode will probably be a little shorter than usual because we are jumping right into the main review, but um, let's go through the stats for Network. Uh, This is a film that I picked uh, for the month because I've been meaning to get to it. However, I will say, watching this movie, I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, I was expecting a very different movie than what this is. Um, I think in my head I was confusing it with Broadcast News, which is another film I need to watch uh, that I own, but... Um, this is the, the film is network 1976. Uh, the synopsis on IMDb reads a television network cynically exploits a deranged former anchors ravings and revelations about the news media for its own profit has an 88 meta score and a 8.1 IMDb user score stars Faye Dunaway, William Holden, Peter Finch, Robert Duvall, Wesley Addy, Ned Beatty, and Arthur, uh, Bergert, which that feels, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like looking, I'm like, I don't know that he's been in this movie, then I realize who he is. Um, uh, Directed by Sidney Lumet, co-written, I believe he has a writing credit somewhere, but also uh, Patty Shayovsky, which I am sure I butchered. But uh, before you tell me what you thought of the movie, Corey, did you know anything about Network before you got into it? No. So this was like, John's making me watch this movie that I know nothing about, um... It is, uh, I think it might have been on the AFI list at some point. I don't think it is anymore. Um, but it, it's a movie with a pretty high critical regard. Uh, I read Robert, uh, Roger Ebert's review. I always do that. I always go to Robert. Um, Roger <laughs> Ebert's review. And I, I really liked what he had to say about the movie. Um, actually, I read a more recent review from Ebert where he kind of looked back at the movie and how mm-hmm. it fits into today's society. Which yes. I find very interesting. In fact... Um, there's a few articles where this movie keeps coming back because it feels, it feels very different, um, in a lot of ways. And I, I liked, uh, I hope I, I think I have both of those articles available. So I'll get into that when we get into more spoiler territory. Cause I think, 
I think we should focus maybe on the movie opens and then kind of talk about how it starts to open up when we get into spoilers because it opens up pretty crazy. Um, it starts feels like a news show, right? Like we get the like kind of like the the narrator for the movie sounds like a TV show narration, not so much a movie narrator. Like he very much sounds like an actor talking to us, not a character in the film. You Maybe think of about? sixty minutes. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I love sixty minutes as a child. Like yeah. I even loved it. That is totally what I the vibe I got from the uh, the voiceover. Um, <laughs> and we we meet uh, Max Schumacher, who's played by William Holden, and Howard Beale, who's Peter Finch. Um, Beale is being fired. Uh, he was like a top notch news anchor uh, for years, but now his ratings have declined, so they finally decided to fire him. And Schumacher is his boss, and they go out for drinks, and they get drunk, and they're telling stories, and it's kind of fun. It's a nice little introduction to these two guys. But Beale's talking about, like, oh, you should kill, I should kill myself on air, and they're, like, joking. Um, but then Beale says it on TV, and the producers who are not paying attention to what he's saying, because they don't care. It's the news. Who cares? Um, he, they freak out, and, the, you know, they get tons of phone calls. But he says, I'm gonna, next week, I'm going to kill myself on the air. Huh. So it's this crazy kind of what we're expecting to go. And that's where Faye Dunaway comes in. Um, she is works for the TV station, um, but she's in charge of, like, drama and, like, you know, writing scripts and stuff. And she plays Diana Christensen, and she wants to run with this. She sees this opportunity of Beale's uh, kind of crazy rants as an opportunity. Well, I guess when he, they bring him back on the next night, he really rants, and he says he's... Uh, tired of all the nonsense or whatever. Um, he's got no more bullshit. That's what he says. He has no more bullshit to give. He's all out of it. And that's where the ratings really shoot through the roof. And she sees an opportunity to exploit this and make the new show the highest rated TV show on their network, which the network is dying and whatever, hence the name of the movie, though the network is the kind of uh, emphasis of the film. I, I would like to talk about... Um... I mean, it happened in our home state, but this, ha I was like, oh my God, this is so familiar. So yeah. I had to do like some research and in, so this movie is from 1976 and just two years before a news anchor who was only 29, Christine Chubbuck, um, mm -hmm. she committed, she's the first person to commit suicide on live television Yes, and there's like two movies about her that have come out in the last couple of years. Um, I've not seen either, but I think I'm one is a documentary. I'm interested in seeing them. Me too. I think one's a documentary, and I think um, the other is a, a like a normal traditional narrative. Um, I was a little offended. I was I read a couple articles, you know, about her and about what happened, and someone wrote it off as she was a 29 year old girl who just wanted a husband. Hmm. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure... There's a film called Christine um, from 2016 that stars Rebecca Hall as Christine, Michael C. Hall as... Uh, oh, George. I love it. Yeah, uh, Tracy Letts, who I'm also a big fan of, um, is in Christine. it. Um, yeah, and you gotta look, because there's a bunch of movies with that title, unfortunately. Um, and you said that's 2016? Yeah, 2016. And it's got pretty good overall scores. And then I don't remember. I gotta, I'm gonna have to just Google her, Christine Chubbuck. I think there's a. I think that one's on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then there was a 2016 film called Kate Plays Christine, 
that I think... Oh, no, that's also a drama? Oh, okay. It's a different take on the story, though. It's, like, interesting. I heard about both. Um, I've not seen either, but I am... I'm curious to watch both. And I'm, I like Rebecca Hall quite a bit, so I'm definitely in for that one. Interesting. They both came out the same year. But I didn't realize that, that connection. That's kind of dark. I wonder if Network was influenced, because neither of the reviews that I read addressed that connection. So that's interesting that you stumbled upon that. Um... I didn't realize when, because I've, like, read it, you know, just kind of in passing. I never, like, did any deep diving or looked for too much else mm-hmm. on it. But, um, oh, it says, see, also, Network, the plot of which was mistakenly alleged to be based on Chubbuck's story. That's on Wikipedia, though, so. Ah, but it but, makes sense. I mean, they're too big of a coincidence that only a couple years. And that, yeah. Um, even though he does not commit suicide on air, that should be noted. That is not what happens, but he makes the threat, uh, and the network exploits him um, as kind of... Um, it's the whole, like, venting... Uh, I, I would almost say now, and that's this is the article I read. I'm going to go ahead and pull this uh, now. Um, it's a BBC article. It's the... Who wrote it? Um, Nicholas Barber is the writer. It came out in 2016, 40 years after the release of Network. This article did. Um, And he points out how this movie is a dark comedy. Like, it's meant to be, like, we're supposed to be laughing at the the craziness that we're witnessing as the film unfolds, which we won't get into any of the details here. But um, he points out how this movie isn't now funny as it's just like, yeah, that's how they are. Like, and I found myself feeling that way multiple times. Like, wow. This is like he's acting kind of like an Alex Jones type figure where he's just ranting and raving on a microphone and people Our are eating it up. What? Yeah, yes, uh, it is. This movie doesn't hold up because what used to be like satirical and ironic is now the way it actually is. And that's really sad. And sad. Scary. Yeah, like super not cool that that's the reality that we're now living in. Um, and I mean, not that i mean not even fifth what like not even how many years 40 go ahead so um i really i really like the point that this this article brings up and he references um the ebert article from 2003 in his article which i went and read after that because ebert kind of points that out that how like it's biting um but yet it, even in 2003, it's starting to uh, just feel like a not a satire, but more like a prediction of what our TV industry would become. And that's kind of scary in a lot of ways because this movie is very much an indictment on television. Like, it is condemning TV, like, left and right. Um, the characters that I think we're supposed to uh, root for are... are like condemning TV, like uh, to me, Beale and Schumacher were supposed to be kind of rooting for. However, I don't think their characters age particularly well, especially Schumacher, because he's he's kind of sexist in a lot of ways. Um, even like I think Faye Dunaway is really good in this movie, but the character is you know like she's supposed to be kind of this not traditional woman, and like I don't feel like it's in a good way because like. She, she basically describes, like, herself sexually, that she's kind of like a dude, like, she's done and ready to be over with it seconds later. She's really only doing it for the 
the enjoyment there's no attachment it's um there is a sex scene in this movie that is very mild um but she's talking the entire time about work about work um the, no romance whatsoever um her character is obsessed and i i love the plot that kind of develops from that with schumacher um and how he starts to kind of paint how she views the world um i don't know i i think this movie has a lot of layers um i want to dissect it uh, a lot and um i enjoyed it what, what what about you did you like it how did how did it uh, make you feel what were your thoughts i can appreciate it but i didn't particularly enjoy it was and it... i felt like it was very long well it is it's two hours in a, in a minute uh, according to imdb um it still I... felt longer i also i had to watch it in two nights because of the way my week has been going and I felt. Oh, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I just. I ended up, like, not getting sleep one of the nights because I stayed up. Oh. I made some some dumb choices in a way. Like I I needed to, relax after a very stressful day, so I I played some video games later than I meant to, and then I still had to watch the rest of the movie. So I I, it was it felt long at times, but I still was very um I was taken by it and. The characters are very interesting. Um, again, it, I, I like satire, and while I don't think it's uh, it's no longer a satire, I think the the article that I mentioned uh, nails it. I think today's times, the way the news world works, the way networks work, um, even uh, Ned Beatty gives a monologue that I'll talk more about in spoilers. Um, but he like nails uh, the modern like basically our country, how the country is, which. I mean, maybe it's been that way for some time, but it's definitely uh, very prevalent now. Yeah, I feel like maybe it wasn't so much out in the open. <laughs> like, people were still shocked by it. Yes, and now it's kind of like, oh yeah, we know that. Many, many movies have said it since this movie, but I feel like this movie might have been on the cusp of maybe pointing out some of the, the crazy stuff that was happening in our world, and it still now is our world. Um, which, again, is why I think this movie may not sit well with everybody. Um, one, it may be, uh, you know, butting up against your own point of view, and it also may uh, make you confront things you don't want to confront. Um, but yeah, is there anything you want to add before we get into spoilers? Uh, I just was reading about Peter Finch, and he died the year after this movie was made. Um, that is uh, Howard, Howard Beale. Man, that explains why I'm not familiar with him, though, as an actor, but... Mm-hmm. No. All right, then let's get into spoilers. Okay, guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about Network from 1976. You've been warned. And I do want to point out we're not we're not going to try to uh, analyze this film in a super deep way. Um, we've no only scholar. seen it once each, uh, so this is more of a cursory review. I've done a little bit of research, uh, not not substantial. I've read a couple of articles, and I've got my own kind of take. Uh, partially guided by the articles but um, you know when I was watching it I was like man this movie's really like digging into TV and how like um, how bad it is which I found interesting because um, film and TV now are so closely related TV has come a long way in terms of quality in terms of substance um, and in terms of art, art artistry like if you look at like Breaking Bad cinematography it's it's phenomenal it's the it's top notch is as good as anything you'll see in a movie um, and there are people who have shifted to TV over film. I think that is crazy. I am always 
uh, advocating movie over TV, mainly because I do like that I can watch it. I can watch Network, and I can walk away from it. I'm done. Two hours, yes, two hours is not a... It's, we say it's long, but let's be real. People binge a 10-episode ten, ten TV series in three days. What's the difference of a two-hour... Right. You know, yeah, I was kind of pointing the finger at you there, but... <laughs> um, so... 76 uh diana is i i don't think diana is the main character when i start this movie i think howard beale is the main character because there's an iconic scene in line from this is when he comes into the studio uh, with his hair matted down from rain um and he starts his catchphrase i'm mad as hell and i'm not going to take it anymore um and he encourages everyone watching to go out and shout it from their windows and uh kind of crazily they do and we see that and we hear that and um, it, it kind of, to me, is the moment the movie's trying to paint itself as a satire. However, today, like, I'm thinking this movie, instead of network news, I think it's podcasts and YouTube that this film feels like. Uh, the, the show that Howard Beale gets when he, like, it's a black set and he has the, the other people, like, um, I didn't put their names down, but there's the, the fortune teller, the soothsayer. Um, the the gossip person with their locked keys or whatever. There's some kind of like computer that I don't know what it's supposed to do. Like if it calls people randomly, I'm not really sure what we're looking at. We never see any of these segments. We're just told that they're a part of the show. Um, and then Howard, and Howard comes out and Howard rants and he uh, initially it's like he's supposed to have had like a religious awakening. He's heard a voice. I think. We're, I think it's left up to the audience to decide if he's actually, like, a messiah of sorts, or if he is just off his... Fanatical? N- yeah, if he's off his nut, like, he's he's crazy. Um, I think it, it it leaves it open for us to decide, uh, I th- mostly, but, but he does seem to know things that people are surprised about, because um, he starts ranting about the station, the network itself, and he gets the network into some serious trouble... And that's what leads to the real shocking ending. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to jump ahead just that far yet. But um, I thought it was going to be Howard Beale's movie. That he, you know, he's he's the one who says I'm going to kill myself. Um, but it's really Faye Dunaway's movie. It's she is the lead character when it is all said and done. Uh, the choices Diana makes are what leads to all the changes to the the network. Um, she wrecks Schumacher's life in a lot of ways. He, he loses his job. And he loses his wife because of her. Uh, ultimately, um, Ro- you know, Ro- Robert Duvall is the villain character uh, to Schumacher and Beale. But I do feel like Diana is this kind of. Um, she could be the villain, but I feel like she's the protagonist. I, you know, it's it's interesting too because a lot of the marketing materials, like she's just one of the people. Like a lot of the images are Schumacher, Duvall, and Beale, and that's surprising because Faye Dunaway is a big name it's not like she's you know some no-name actress I mean we we saw her in Chinatown on this podcast a couple years ago um and I've yet to watch Bonnie and Clyde but that's one that I bought and I'm planning on seeing and uh I don't think I can bring myself to watch uh Mommy Dearest but and then of oh. course she was part of the uh Warren Beatty um flub at the Oscars where they said La La Land won best picture but it was Moonlight uh she was the other person reading the the card and she does win an oscar for this role um in 1977 peter finch wins for best uh best performance um man beatrice Strait wins for supporting role and uh best writing screenplay best picture like this movie's got 
a pedigree here. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, um, it's, we're not here to sell you on this classic film that has won tons of awards and has a high rating, but we're just giving our take on it. I very much enjoyed it. I think there's a lot to be dissected. Um, I do feel like it is very sad that the, uh, that it's now, this is like, cause there were parts where I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be laughing, but this feels so familiar that I'm not laughing. And then when I read that article, it was like, oh. Or maybe like a little alarmed or uncomfortable yes. or afraid. <laughs> I don't Which know. Is, I'm thinking that's where you disconnected from this film. Am I right? I don't really know. I just felt like it was long. I'm, I don't even remember how many nights it took me to watch it. I had to keep getting up and walking away like... Not even to just get some water or use a restroom. I was, like, finding chores to do. Um, I just... I don't know. Like, I can appreciate, you know, for that time. I... And I... I just... I guess, like... I don't like reality TV for the most part, either. When she... uh, Her show that she pitches, literally... And I... I saw this myself, but she pitches the show based on footage of an actual like militant group robbing a bank that like we fought, we opened the show with new footage of them. And then we have like a drama that follows it. And, uh, it's basically, she's laying the groundwork for what is now reality television in a fictional film where they're making fun of the TV industry. Somebody's like, Hey, that's not a bad idea. And that becomes a function. Oh God. It just, I don't know. People are such voyeurs. And that's I, uh, Ebert's 2003 uh, re- article talks about how these guys were less like uh, satirists and more like soothsayers themselves in that they've predicted so much of what actually becomes of the, the network. Simpsons? Um, yeah, maybe the network predates the Simpsons by, uh, what, 11 years, Knowing I think? everything that's going to happen. But yeah, they the, uh, Lumet, they nail this... Uh, and again, not in a good way, because nothing good is, like, this isn't like, oh, well, this is going to be how TV is. No, it's like, oh, no, this is how things fall apart. Um, I am uh, very, very happy I finally watched this movie, though. I, it was not what I was expecting, because I thought, I knew about the uh, him saying he's going to kill himself. I knew about the, the line, I'm mad as hell, I'm not going to take it anymore. I thought it was going to be a very serious drama where, like, we would end up with, like, them in a room. Kind of like the really bad Jodie Foster-directed film uh, Money Monster with uh, George Clooney and Julia Roberts from a couple years ago. I thought that movie was going to have been, like, inspired by Network. It is definitely not because the that barely has any... Like, one, he never puts anybody in danger. Like, he says that. But he's not mad as hell and, like, I'm going to... I thought he's getting fired, so he comes back to the station and he's going to, like, hold everybody hostage. That's what I was expecting going into this movie, and that was not at all what this movie does, right? Like, that's farthest from the the plot of this film. Um, Because we're with them, too, for, like, a year. Like, we're we're with them for a while. Um, Time kind of flies, and you you don't really get the passage of time uh, or how many episodes of Howard's show there's been, because we don't see all of them, but... Um, you get the vibe that he's got a huge fan base. He's got a Jerry Springer-esque-ness to him. Um, you know, like, he's ranting and raving. He's kind of doing, like, Jerry's final thoughts at the end of Jerry Springer episodes. Um, yeah, it is, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was really taken by it. Again, partly because I do like kind of the negative endings. You have, um, proven to generally dislike that. But what did you think about the ending? How, uh, his low ratings 
lead to an action? Why don't you even tell the listener what they do? <laughs> He's assassinated. They assassinate him, um, but privately in his home, right, Corey? No. Oh, how do they do it? They did it on air, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I was now just... I'm like, did I watch the right movie? I'm trying to get <laughs> you to tell the listener, Corey, without me being Guys. the one to do it. So they have Way's character, Diana, trying to get all these ratings and trying to have all these sensational, sensationalized shows. She's kind of like group, like joined forces with this black woman that is known to be like a very like outspoken, powerful kind of communist. And they've been trying to develop a show and that was kind of an interesting kind of subplot too, seeing how much of like a uh, puppet that character was for that party because they're going back and forth. I'm forgetting her name, that woman. The woman, um, the the, the African American woman. Uh, yes. Yeah, I am. I'm too. And I like she's not prominent on the list. Yeah, I don't see her on the list. Which either means she didn't act again. Um, and thus there's no uh, like she doesn't have a big credit so a like picture. there's a picture um yeah because that's what it seems like but i'm still i don't see even like a woman's name it's not marianne yeah. gifford right like that doesn't and sound the, like her name it, or um well no or barbara barbara, barbara schlesinger, schlesinger. but Kinshata yeah. farrell is in a bunch of good movies uh, or bad movies that i still like um so i was i recognized her voice um yeah i'm not seeing her on here and she She's such a major part. She's not in the movie a lot, but she is a major part to the that that show that uh, Dunaway pitches for that reality show. But yeah, that they, those guys come and they brutally shoot Howard on in the middle of his like at the very beginning of his show. Yeah, which I mean, was that? I mean, I guess it's not exactly foreshadowing, but he got exactly what he said he was going. He said he was going to kill gonna... himself. Yeah, no, there's definitely a payoff. That's, he got this yeah. show by saying, I'm going to kill myself on the air, and then dies on the air because he was talking bad about the network. Um, and again, his numbers were falling. And I guess that I just really don't find those types of numbers interesting. Like, sometimes I'm really interested in numbers, but they kept talking about, like, all these ratings, and I didn't really know what to equate them to, and I just felt like they were giving so much i mean me as like i'm obviously not from this time period so i don't really know how their rating systems work i don't know how it is compared to today so those numbers had nothing to do with me like i don't even know what the rating system is is it out of 100 maybe they said it i was kind of bored but they kept like talking about these numbers that have absolutely no anything to me i got you simply said his numbers are falling and I would have gotten the point. And they just, like, kept going on and on and on about the numbers. <laughs> I don't know. So that's why he was shot on his show. <laughs> well, so um, what really got him, though, was he he's going on and on about the numbers, and then he's brought into Ned Beatty's office, which Ned Beatty's the actor, um, and he gets kind of, like, I love the cinematography in this scene because um, he, the, he brings him into the conference room. So Howard sat at one end, and then Ned Beatty stands up at the other end, and the, the shot is this really cool forced perspective. The lighting is really dark, except for on the table. I, I love this scene, because Ned Beatty's kind of like acting as a new voice of God. You know, we've been under the impression Howard's hearing voices, and now Ned comes in and is just like, boom, 
drops drops the the hammer on Howard. Like you think you know you've ruined a deal. Like yes, we were gonna take money from Arabs, but they've taken money from uh, out of the country. They were gonna put it back into the country, and now you've ruined that. And he goes on and on and on. Um, and uh, I the delivery is so powerful. Um, and he, uh, you have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it. Is that clear? Do you think you're merely stopped a business deal? That is not the case. And he goes on and on and on. Um, but then, uh, this, this series of phrases, one, it hits so on the head to today. Um, he says, there is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. And I'm just like, wow, that is crazy on the nose. Like when you listen to politic uh, conversations, political conversations, and you hear them talking about um, the lobbyists and all the corporations all have these people in their pockets that their whole job is to go and lobby for um, litigation that they want to make sure that they can continue running their business how they want to run their business to make the most money. And uh, here it is, 1976, being laid out that way. And basically crushing Howard's idealistic ideas that he had been preaching. And that's when the, the shift happens and that's when the ratings drop. Because he starts preaching Ned Beatty's words now. Not the words of wherever they were coming from. Whether they were internal or from a, a higher power. He's now taking uh, a new god, essentially. Ned Beatty has become his voice and the ratings drop. And that leads to the assassination. Um, crazy, crazy movie. It's definitely um, a satire Again, it feels less like a satire by today's eyes, but if you put the context in the 70s into watching this movie, um, there is definitely humor to be had at the uh, the crazy exploits that Faye Dunaway's character goes to. However, again, if you look at today's, and if you, honestly, the last 20 years of television, Network kind of predicts exactly what we're going to get. And uh, for me, it worked. I'm going with a must-see film for this. I know Corey is definitely not on that page. What do you think, Corey? Oh, oh, oh! Uh, a decent watch. All right. Sorry, not sorry. Corey uh, doesn't always agree with the uh, the old school critics, but again, to be fair, one Corey doesn't often like movies that end on a, a bad note. And Howard, if you like Howard, if you were rooting for Howard, he's killed on the air. The network kind of wins, um, and that's that's pretty dark. So it definitely Don't ends they? on a downbeat. They definitely win. Um, and uh, for me, though, I, I don't mind movies that are kind of pointing out the, the flaws of our reality and, and things like that. That's why I like noir, and uh, Corey generally doesn't. So um, if you're on my side of that and, and you didn't watch the movie but you listened to the whole podcast, now you know why you should go that direction. And if you do... Uh, feel like Corey, where you don't like movies that end with uh, downbeat kind of things, well, you'll probably want to avoid this one because it's definitely, uh, and again, especially if you don't like the the state of the world right now, there's going to be some painful reminders about that um, in this film. So reasons to avoid it, um, or if you're like me, reasons to watch it. I think there's a lot here. It's very allegorical. I think there's a lot being said um, and a lot of things that you can take away from it. So Network from 1976 was this week's episode. Uh, let's look ahead to next week, Corey. We're doing Repo Man from 1984 as we continue down our uh, Minton box. Um, a shorter movie, only an hour and 32 minutes. It's listed as a comedy crime sci-fi. 
uh, young punk Otto becomes a repo man after helping steal a car and stumbles into a world of wackiness as a result. Um, I've never seen this. You have not either, correct? No, and we both own it, I think. Correct. Right? On yes. Criterion? I, uh, so. No, I don't have the Criterion. I got oh, mine okay. from a flea market um, about Hell a yes. month ago uh, for like two bucks, and I was very excited. Heck yes. This is a film I feel like Mike has talked to us and about. I, I was just about to say, I feel like Mike has definitely talked about this on Top 5. Yeah, at least once or twice. Um, same director who did, uh, I think, I'm confirming, Sid and Nancy. Um, oh. If I'm, I might be wrong. He might have just been in Sid. No, he did. He directed Sid and Nancy in 1986. Um, and then nothing that I'm familiar with after that. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Um, director's name is uh, Alex Cox. We have Harry Dean Stanton, Emilio Estevez. Tracy Walter, Olivia Barish, Cy Richardson are our leads, it looks like. Um, I am uh, into the idea of it. There's a green car in the pictures. I'm wondering what the heck the deal is with that. Um, Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this one. I like that it's a comedy. I didn't know that, but that gives me more hope because I I always did like young Emilio Estevez. Um, That will be on our next episode. So if you'd like, you can either uh, hit us up about Network or about Repo Man on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And until next time, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts. Covering the entire movie-verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.